0: welcome to the crazy bird podcast i'm your host violeta kaminska and today i am with wonderful mimi shiner hi mimi how are Hello, you violeta. very nice to hear you and actually i get to see you our listeners do not have this opportunity but i get to see you in a zoom land so it's a great pleasure to connect with you finally i think we haven't seen each other for almost a year now
1: wow i think yeah, yeah it's been probably march or february yes
0: Well, no, no, no. I was already in Savannah during that time. So it was 2019. It must have been probably November. I think it was November.
1: We We went to the museum together. We went to the museum, yes. You know what? Let me introduce
0: you to my listeners. Some already know you, but some might not. So, and then we'll come back to our chat. Mimi Shiner works in both graphic design and painting. Her practice concerns understanding and portraying the experience of seeing. She currently teaches design at San Francisco State University and drawing at the University of San Francisco. Her work has been exhibited at the De Young Museum in San Francisco, the Pacific Design Center in Pasadena, the San Luis Obispo Museum of Art, Manifest Gallery in Cincinnati, and the Richmond Art Center in Richmond, California, among other venues. Mimi Shiner holds an MA in art from the University of San Francisco and studied architecture at Cornell University as an undergraduate. Again, Mimi, thank you so much for accepting our invitation and thank you for making some time to chat with me. So how are you, Mimi?
1: I am mostly good. I am constantly adjusting my perspective.
0: Oh, that's, I love that. Especially, uh, and you know, we are going to talk about perspective. We already had a little chat about perspective because before we started officially recording, I remember how I was impressed when I met you for the first time. Now I don't even remember where it was. Well, I happen to teach at San Francisco State University and University of San Francisco. So either places we met, I think it was SFSU when we met first. And first thing I remember about you was your energy how energetic you were Mm -hmm. because you know we can talk about people having energy you have triple of what an average person i would say has (laughs) so i was extremely impressed i think i was probably even tired on that day and to see you being so full of energy so positive and just so engaged with the environment around you i was really really impressed i the reason why i'm asking you how are you is everybody talks about 2020 I for me 2020 was supposed to be a year of changes. I just didn't realize how many changes there will be. So that you know there was some unplanned. For me, it was a move from San Francisco to Savannah and settling into a new place of work and into a home. And then settling into the COVID-19 reality, which was completely something I didn't expect. And of course, just like for you and the whole world, most certainly my travel plans were changed. We chatted about my artist residencies I was supposed to do in Iceland in summer, and that didn't happen. I couldn't visit my family in Europe either. And that's how Crazy Bird Podcast came to life. And now we are in season two. So I continue with building this creative community, community of people, extraordinary people who are full of energy. And even in you know, strange, very dystopian times, continue creating art, continue moving forward. And I do consider you one of those people. So I'm really curious, how do you deal with the surprises we've been offered in 2020? What, what is it that you do? How do you, how do you do
1: it? Well, things that previously were chores, watering the garden, have become great pleasures. Hmm. I feel so fortunate to have a beautiful garden. To be able to go outside anytime. That's wonderful. And I've I, I'm trying to avoid crowds because I'm older and I take the virus seriously. So I've been going out for a walk sometimes with my daughter as it's getting dark and we'll continue to walk in the dark. And a few months ago when we had a heat wave that was great too. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are little parks and trails around where I live, where we can go, where we can meet up. Uh, And she's also very good at finding trails that people aren't on. So I I meet up with her and do things that way. In my painting, I used to paint outdoors a lot. And I have my painting kit configured so I can put it on my back and go hike and paint anywhere anywhere. But I've been reluctant to do that, even though if I get really out there, I'll probably be alone all day. But there's so many more people outside and I don't want to take hours driving so that I'm listening to my own fears about coming across people unexpectedly and the virus. And so I'm staying indoors with my creative time more. And uh, I I did a painting of the inside of my microwave recently.
0: And I was just going to ask you about it because, uh, of course, I follow you on social media and I've been really impressed. I've never, you know, I'm not a microwave. Well, I do own, I have to say, I do own a microwave. I never use it. I don't care about it. But when I saw your painting, I was examining the details of microwave and I thought, oh, this is really, it became so intimate. You know, this relationship with everyday objects, I find it fascinating how suddenly we pay attention to our everyday environment because Mm -hmm. like I'm like you I'm a person who likes to be outdoors but even working right now from home I spend more time at home than ever in front of the computer teaching right Uh, you know virtual teaching so I am so familiar suddenly with everyday objects, sometimes with their structure, even the microphone I have in front of me, you know, I can see all the screws and grooves. I never really paid so much attention to that, but you you kind of have to, you have no choice. Yes. But it's interesting how it makes its way to your artwork, right? Because I remember you took some... You also sometimes travel to Europe. You you take workshops, you travel to paint abroad. And I know how much you love it. Nature is a big part of your artwork. So it's interesting. Well, I don't know if I can call it natural transition, but it seems almost naturally life forces us to take a look maybe at how we approach life.
1: Even artists, right? What we do, how we do. I've been thinking about enclosed spaces and making lists of different kinds of enclosed spaces And I I took all the books off of one of my bookshelves and I made that bookshelf at eye level, like a little theater. And I put things in there that I could paint. So I've been looking at old kitchen things and I've been thinking maybe another painting I will do will be at the inside of a suitcase and just put some object in there.
0: It's very metaphorical too, you know, suitcase travel where, you know...
1: Exactly.
0: It's limited, obviously. Well, not, some seem to be still traveling a lot, but for most of us, we
1: don't really want to travel at exactly. this time. I'm not usually so intellectual about what I paint. I'm usually just drawn to something I see and find something breathtaking, some moment of light or you know a changing season or a contrast in the landscape i mean there's one painting i did of uh, these oil storage tanks that are owned by standard oil to be safe they had burned all the grasses around them so the hills were black and the tanks were white and it was a heat another heat wave day and the air was hazy And I was just so taken by how it looked. I painted by the side of the freeway because of what I saw. Just stopped and I had to paint it. But now I'm I'm, I'm thinking more about it. But I'm also thinking about my garden and things that I might be painting out there. Though I haven't done any garden paintings yet. I've done some photos. It takes me time to think about what I want to paint. I mean, I talked about painting those oil tanks, but I Mm -hmm. saw them one day. And I went back on another because I, 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 wait to see what sticks in my memory often. Mm-hmm.
0: Memory. I think that's another, it's a good kind of word. I just thought metaphor, but memory, I think a lot of us rely on memory these days. Don't you think? The other day I had a conversation with a friend of mine and she said, you know, I remember, she said, I remember how I complained last year about not having time to sit at home and just relax and clean up the house or clean my um, closet And she said, you know, I'm going to take it back. I I don't need to do that anymore. But she said, I have those memories. And very often when I talk to friends or even students, they tell me about memories. They have memories of travels. They have memories of going out in France. A lot of, especially a lot of my students miss concerts. They have memories of concerts. So I think memories are interesting. It becomes a keyword. And I've noticed that quite a few artists whose work I follow on social media or listen and watch their interviews or even artist friends, a lot there is this transition into how to approach artwork because there are the old way, which I mean just last year even, you know, approach is not necessarily it's not outdated, but I've noticed that that artists, people in general, have a need to engage maybe in a slightly different way because life has changed. So it's almost like going into how it completely was certain way and pretending it's still the same, is not working for many people. And I don't know if it's intentional, but it seems that there's this transition and, and there's a lot, a lot of work. Memory is a big part of that work too. I feel the craving, it's almost like a craving for maybe for things, how
1: things were. I have a little painting that I did in France a few years ago, two years ago. And it was when I had just arrived, I was still jet lagged. And it's just not, I've never been satisfied with it. It's just, but I haven't really known what to do with it. And the other, and I've kept it on the bookshelf so I can see it and think about it. And this is at two or three years ago. And because it was summer, now we're in winter. And the other day I have Venetian blinds in my studio and the sun was coming in. The winter sun was coming in at a slant and it was coming across this painting, punctuated by the shadows of the blinds. And it was as though I realized what was wrong with this painting is that the the sunlight wasn't captured at one moment, because I painted it over hours, and I hadn't really frozen a moment of the light. And I think I'm going to finish it. I took a photo right away. I think I'm mm-hmm. going to finish it letting the light from my current sheltering-in-place windows fall across the painting and add that coloration to that memory of France. And I haven't done it yet. So, so far, it's just this idea. But that is one of the things I'm going to do in the next it's movie. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. and you mentioned I think it's the second time you just mentioned a photograph it seems like photographs
0: sometimes are part of your painting process is that true or is it is it now or is it more like is it something new right now in 2020 or before because you said you know I'm going to look maybe into my garden as a place where I can find inspiration and I've I've been taking photos you said and then you know now there's a photo of lighting so I'm curious has it always been part of the process or is it something new that you're incorporating
1: I usually use photos just for helping myself frame a scene I'll walk around I'll know there's something there I want and I'll walk around and take a lot of photos with my iPhone and flip through them to see which ones I like in terms of where the focal point is, what's included, what's not, mm-hmm. um, where I want, and different viewpoints of the scene, where I want to stand, or if I want to sit, and I've always done that. But, and I've always taken photos as a separate activity when I travel, also, or when I go for walks and I see things that are amuse me, I take photos mm-hmm. of them, um, just because it's like note taking. And it's so rapid. And uh, it assists memory. Is this kind of a visual diary? Yeah, it's like a visual diary. And not only that, in the iPhone, you can flip up and there's a map. So if you take a photo of some scene and you can't quite remember where it was, you can find it again. Very, And you can zoom in and find it very exactly. So I've used photos and the iPhone that way. And then I've always... I've sort of had this other practice of when friends have birthdays, which I hear about on social media, mm-hmm. I take some picture that day, and I put that on their Facebook wall as you know, and say, happy birthday. And a lot of those pictures are just in my garden because you, know, you don't have a lot of time, but you want to sit, you want to reach out to someone, and the seasons are there in the garden all the time. So that's been part of my practice in a sense. Um, and then sometimes I take photos, I always take photos of my paintings in process. It helps me know if they're done. It helps me know what they need. It helps me see them friendly.
0: When do you know when they are done? That's always a difficult, I think, question. You know, like sometimes maybe it's, a, I, I wonder sometimes if artists get annoyed with that question. When do you know when you're done? But I'm curious because you just mentioned that. Is it just something internal or... The ref-
1: photo would be a reference. How do you decide? I haven't really thought about how I know that before. So that's an interesting question. I think it's because my eye keeps moving around and it doesn't get stuck somewhere. And when my eye gets stuck in the wrong place, you know, in a painting, I know I have to fix something because I don't want to get stuck. I want my eye to keep moving around and be satisfied moving around in a composition. So what's the main medium when you paint? Uh, the last several years it's been oil paint. I After I take photos where I am, I usually then do a sketch in a notebook, kind of figure out where the lights and darks are and to check the framing and to find out what the problems are about making it into a painting. And I never really know until I try to do it what's going on. Do
0: you have a like a particular format you want to work with? You know, some artists like really large formats, some large are uh, like much smaller I find small format myself when I do drawings I don't do oil painting but when I do drawings, sometimes a little bit restricting and maybe it's a good thing but I like to work with a larger
1: format I've been working pretty small for a while because then I can carry it on my back mm-hmm. and I can often on a good day I can finish it in a day and it, it's a, a record of the moment it's like a photo in a way but it's in pain and sometimes I go back and sometimes it takes two days sometimes I work on it from memory or just looking at the painting. But uh, so I have been working pretty small. I am beginning to retire and phasing out of teaching and opening up my time to painting more. And I may start painting larger. In fact, some of the paintings I've been doing indoors, this in the last six months, have been larger, even though they're not large. They're larger than what I was doing outside. I think that's because I don't have to carry it. And I can work on it for more than a day or two. I can leave it set up. And that allows that. The other thing I'm finding with photography as I take paintings, photos of paintings in progress is sometimes I see the screen at a funny angle and the colors are distorted and it inspires a change in the painting. Or like seeing the light from the Venetian blinds, I captured that because I may not see that again. It was, you know, for five minutes at a particular day, at a particular time of year that made that angle. And it might not be that way for another year. So having that photo as reference will be helpful. The
0: Venetian blinds made me think now, that's also another metaphor, really. Looking outside or inside, especially in 2020 when we are trapped in our... Um, so that's really interesting. That would be an interesting series. I think that could be two series. The light, how light changes and how we observe it being indoors, but also what do we do, what do we see outside? Or maybe what do we see inside? That that's something interesting too. I wanted to ask you about a card, a gorgeous, gorgeous card you sent me when I moved to Savannah. It was a wonderful, wonderful surprise. And I have it framed. I sent you a picture of it framed. And when I got it, first, when I opened the card, well, I knew it was from you. I loved the card. I didn't look at the back. And I because I didn't see that kind of work created by you, I didn't know it was your artwork. And then after I read what you wrote, I thought, wait, is that Mimi's artwork? Or did she buy this beautiful card for me because I love birds and it's just its the, this lush scene of trees and very, very magnificent birds. It's like a jungle scene. I look at the back of the card and there's your name. It says it's your artwork. And I was so impressed because I had never seen you know, that kind of work. I, I remember seeing landscape by you. I was not familiar. So can you tell us a little bit about that different kind of artwork?
1: Well, that was quite a while ago. I did the painting for that maybe 25 years ago. I'm surprised it was that long ago, actually. Maybe only 20, something like that. At the time, actually, I was into making collages. And I have a bunch of books I bought in a barn when I was in Ithaca, New York, in college, going back many more years. And uh, they, they are from the 1860s, and they're illustrated magazines, and initially, I started cutting those books and making collages, but that really bothered me after a while. They were so beautiful. So I photocopied what first I made photostats and I would size the elements I wanted. And then I started working from photocopies and cutting them up and collaging. And then I Xeroxed those collages onto watercolor paper. And then I took out my gouache paints and painted them and that's how that card was made and I did a bunch of those for a few years where I collaged from these old engravings and then when I couldn't find something in these books I have a whole shelf of these books I would just draw to match with ink and sometimes I'd have to size it to make the the line weights
0: fit. So this is a card but was it the bigger size was the bigger
1: size? No that one is actually uh, that particular one was exact size. Maybe, maybe 10% off, but I think it was actually exact size. I still have the original. So, you know,
0: um, we are talking about it, obviously, and I'm sure that uh, our listeners can kind of get a sense of what we're talking about. Would you be okay with me actually sharing it on our Crazy Bird podcast website?
1: I'd be delighted.
0: One of the images of your work. Wonderful. I'll, I'll make sure to share it so everybody can see because it's such a beautiful work.
1: I have had to play tricks on my mind all my life to become a painter because I could see as a child what a wonderful painting was, and I couldn't make one. And I was so upset by that, I didn't want to paint anything, but I had to paint things. So I did all sorts of tricks. Uh, when, when I was learning to paint as a young adult, I discovered that I could see darkness and lightness tones better in low light. You know, like if, you, if in the middle of the night you get up to get a glass of water, there's no color. But you can navigate, you can see. So I started painting with just a candle in the next room and any ambient light that came in the windows. So you were just
0: creative. You figured what worked for you and you
1: used that. Well, it also gave me forgiveness. And I couldn't see the paints on my palette, I wouldn't put them out until I was in that condition, you know, in the lighting condition. And so then I could see on the palette that they were light or dark, but I couldn't tell if they were red or green or orange or yellow or purple or any color. And then I would do the painting for the day and I would set it somewhere and I'd go to sleep. And in the morning I would get to see it. And it was shocking and it was wonderful. It was such a gift because I had forgiveness from my judgment. Mm-hmm. I think
0: it's really wonderful. I've never heard such an explanation. I've never heard an artist talk about how they really started. Usually when you hear somebody started painting, they were painting and
1: they were painting. Well, collage was one of my ways to deal with that because it would make a bridge for me.
0: So ever since it's been the it's been the painting because you, you teach different classes though, right? Yeah. So does painting ever make it to your teaching? Because I know there's a lot of drawing, right? It yeah. was graphic design, so there's design work. Do you ever teach painting to?
1: Well, I haven't really had that opportunity yet. I'm hoping that I will get that. In USF, I may get that opportunity soon. Mm -hmm. I would love to take your class. Oh, I would love to paint with you sometime. In a class? (laughs) That was the plan,
0: remember? That was the plan. We talked about it last year. That was the plan. It didn't happen.
1: Well, Well, maybe someday we'll travel and paint together again. Yes. You know, Savannah has
0: a lot of Wonderful scenery, certainly. I love your too. photos.
1: I'd love to go painting near in Savannah.
0: Oh yes, oak trees with moss hanging. Oh, I'm obs- completely obsessed with palm trees. So I've been doing sketches of palm trees, and I kind of joke—I just have a joke in my head. Really, I don't talk about it, but I have. I call the series "A Palm Tree a Day." <laughs> <laughs> you know, a palm tree a day. I just do a drawing for ten the goal is 10 minutes a day but the thing is if I have time like now around you know the end of the year it's a little bit more time it's so relaxing and meditative yeah that I don't I lose the sense of time which mm-hmm. I love because I don't have that leisure and normally during, you know, working time. So now with a little bit of time off, I actually don't want to time myself. I decide when my 10 minutes is up. Sometimes 10 minutes is an hour, you know? Yeah.
1: And I love it. It's like, it's my 10 minutes. That's part of the magic of art is what it does to time.
0: Right. You know, me, I work primarily with video and photography, but I feel spending so much time this year on the computer, really, I've been craving working with pens, paints, Just using my hands more, yeah. And again, it's nature. I'm bringing the palm tree into my apartment. You know, (laughs)
1: like
0: (laughs) you you have the you have the microwave, right, and the painting, and I have just I I do have a palm tree. It's my memory of a palm tree. I'm very obsessed with palm trees here, and just nature in in Savannah and Savannah area. It's been my refuge, going for my walks in the wilderness and seeing all the animals, birds, and being away from everybody processing everything that has been happening even if i don't understand what's happening but also kind of that solitude that i crave can
1: you get to a place where you're in nature without people around you in a short time i drive how how long do you have to drive about 20 minutes oh that's good i I love
0: driving and you know we are not in the bay area so the traffic you know is not a traffic. Although I hear sometimes and I joke about it when I hear somebody say, Oh, you know, the traffic is really bad right now. And that means maybe four or five minutes you'll be driving slower five miles than usual. But you know, so I joke about it. I'm like, no, that's not a traffic. I can I can handle that. So and I you know, I actually like that it's my twenty minutes. Where I'm outside of my home, while I drive to my wilderness, I already see great blue herons flying over my car. Very often, there will be a bold Mm. eagle. I cannot imagine not being able to go on those walks. They're pretty addictive. And lately, I've been doing it even early in the morning. And now it gets dark a bit sooner. So I have to be more careful. So I don't run into an alligator. (laughs) That that could be an option, (laughs) which I, I actually love alligators. I never thought I would love alligators as much till I moved them and I saw them they're quite they're quite characters I would say dinosaurs walking I, I don't see them that much there are certain places where I would have to go and look for them and find them and I do occasionally but at a distance I keep my distance from alligators it's a bit different than owls I figured <laughs> well maybe so maybe I would like to ask you the, our fi- final question do you have any plans for 2021 anything art wise
1: anything that you've been thinking about you would like to do I'm going to cut back my teaching more paint more and uh, I think I'll also build a uh... A painting website. Mm-hmm.
0: So where our listeners can find your work right now? Are you on social media? Are you on
1: Instagram? Where are you? Do you have a website? Instagram is the best way to see my work right now. Okay. And if you look up my name, uh, you will mm-hmm. find it. My, my Instagram handle okay. is my name. Mimi Shiner? Yes. M-I-M-I. And the last name's a little tricky. S-H-E-I-N-E-R.
0: Well, Mimi, it's been a great pleasure... To finally chat with you. Last time again, we saw each other at SF MoMA. I loved those hangouts at SF MoMA, grabbing lunch or early dinner and then seeing an exhibit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll do it again, maybe 2021. That will be our another hangout.
1: That would be wonderful.
0: I hope to see you in Savannah. Maybe we can go and do some painting. That outdoors. would be my great pleasure. Thank you so much, Mimi. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, too.
0: Thank you for listening to the Crazy Bird Podcast. The Crazy Bird Podcast is hosted by Violeta Kamińska. Our guest for this episode was Mimi Shiner. You can find Mimi's work on Instagram at Mimi Shiner. Our theme music is inspired by tambourine by French composer François-Joseph Gosset. The improvisation is performed by Agnieszka Kowali. Nature sounds were recorded by Violeta Kamińska. This episode was recorded, edited and produced by Violeta Kamińska.